feel overwhelmed when you read research papers? Think research is being conducted in labs far, far away? Well, tune into the Almanac Thursdays from 12 to 12.30 p.m. where we interview McMaster graduate students about their research. You'll learn about important research that's happening right on campus. Learn about what the guests did before research, how they got involved in academia, and what kind of impact their research can have on you. The Almanac is covering it all from Thursday 12 to 12.30 p.m. on 93.3 CFMU, redefining radio in your community. Hello, and we are back. CMFU, CFMU, the Almamac. I'm Adam. And before we get started, I'd like to recognize that we are recording on the traditional territory shared between the Haudenosaunee Confederacy and the Anishinaabe Nations, which was acknowledged in the dish with one spoon wampum belt. We're back. We are back. And today we have a special guest. We have Raisa. Would you like to say hello? Hi. Hi, I'm Raisa. <laughs> And sorry, I just said good to be here. Thanks. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for being here. You do some pretty cool research. We'll just jump right into it, I guess. Um, you are in the geography and earth science department. Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm a master's student, and my my official master's degree is in earth and environmental science, which is which is a lot of pressure. It's all of the environment. <laughs> uh, so you're going to save us from all of the environmental problems that we have. Uh, you know, not not quite. Uh, there's there's really only one topic that I'm very uh, much trying to master, and that's arsenic contamination in groundwater aquifers in Bangladesh. So, cool. so you are a master's student, but you're finishing up soon. So you're writing everything up, um, and based on the title of your research? It sounds like you do experiments. I do. Uh, so I, uh, sorry, the, I, I always preface sort of arsenic contamination in groundwater with the background or the history of, of arsenic contamination in Bangladesh. Uh, so as you know, probably arsenic is a poison. So it's a carcinogen. It causes skin lesions and uh, cancer and birth defects. And in Southeast Asia, or South Asia, particularly in Bangladesh, it's not actually a new phenomenon. Uh, so the most popular sort of hypothesis that we have and that we accept right now is that the microbial, sorry, the microorganisms that are indigenous in the aquifers, and you know, for, for a lot of your listeners who don't know what an aquifer is, it's kind of like a, we think of it as a container, a geological uh, formation in the subsurface that, that holds water. Uh, so in Bangladesh, uh, the groundwater aquifer contamination by arsenic started around, or at least people started noticing it around the mid to late 90s. And uh, it, it became a big enough, a widespread enough uh, public health problem that uh, international organizations like the United Nations uh, needed to figure out what was causing mm -hmm. the health issue. Um, so... Uh, that, that was when they found out that it was the arsenic in the groundwater. And uh, there, there was, you know, further research that followed that that discovered that the microbial uh, microorganisms in the aquifer were in charge of sort of mediating these uh, specialized geochemical reactions mm -hmm. uh, that dissolve uh, sedimentary iron uh, oxides. So iron oxides is kind of a fancy 
uh, scientific term for rust <laughs> in, in, the, uh, in the aquifer. And so the reason iron oxides are important is because uh, the arsenic is associated with them. So when the formation of the aquifers in Bangladesh occurred many thousands of years ago, uh, the iron oxides were deposited along with the arsenic. And so the microorganisms and uh, specialized ones are able to uh, metabolize and dissolve. Uh, sorry, they are, they're able to metabolize in the aquifer and dissolve the iron oxides. Uh, okay. So when they dissolve that iron oxides, they also uh, follow it with an associated dissolution of the arsenic. So that kind of, that's what happens. Uh, so, so that's where... So the dissolution that's grabbing the arsenic and taking it in or releasing it? Releasing it. Okay. So they dissolve it into the groundwater. So it was previously uh, immobilized or previously uh, okay. solid. Uh, so that's kind of where my research comes in. Uh, I use sort of these specialized environmental tracers. We mm -hmm. call them biomarkers. Uh, so the reason they're important and they're pretty useful in my research is because we know exactly how they're made. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're biosynthesized and we, we know the organisms or at least the group of organisms that, that make them. And so being able to sort of track their, uh, either their concentration or their structure in, in the aquifer, in sedimentary uh, aquifers, uh, gives us or at least enables us to make pretty good guesses mm -hmm. as to how they control these geochemical reactions and to what extent they can then result in in the release of arsenic. Okay, mm -hmm. so so it sounds like so the arsenic and the oxides were deposited millions of years ago, along thousands, many years ago, <laughs> many years lots ago, lots and yeah. lots of years ago. <laughs> yes, and they would otherwise be trapped, but these these organisms release them. They they do some sort of they yeah. eat up the, the oxides? Yeah. Uh, so so the, the official uh, sort of technical term is reductive dissolution okay. of iron oxyhydroxides. So the conditions in the aquifer are specialized enough. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so they don't necessarily consume the iron oxides, but their metabolism themselves, they, sorry, they extract energy from the uh, reduction of the iron oxides, ah, okay. which dissolves the iron oxides. Right. Yeah. And then the arsenic becomes dissolved by association. Right. So mm -hmm. in theory, you can predict where arsenic is going to dissolve into water by finding where these microorganisms are. You see, that was, you would think so, right? Uh -huh. So it would, it would be really <laughs> nice if we could say that, where it's like, oh, there's, there's these microorganisms here. They're able to dissolve these iron oxides here. There must be high arsenic concentration here. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly what I am finding is not necessarily the case. Ooh, okay. So it's it's very complicated, and and you will notice this in in nature. Um, very rarely can we make up a hypothesis and then be able to say this is always absolutely true everywhere we go. Okay. Um, and that's actually one of the problems um, that you know decades of research in arsenic contamination in Bangladesh has been trying to answer. So there's this spatial heterogeneity or this spatial distribution that is inconsistent in aquifers in Bangladesh. So it could be, it could be, for example, um, if you were a person who has their own groundwater well mm -hmm. in, in Bangladesh and you had uh, less than the water quality guideline that's set by the Bangladeshi government, which is about 50 parts per billion arsenic. Um, so if you have, say, uh, 40, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're comfortable drinking that water because it's considered safe. Uh, however, your neighbor could have 200 and suddenly it's over 10 times more than what you have. 
And it becomes tricky then to define that because then how many of your neighbors have a safe drinking water and how many don't? Mm -hmm. And then how do you decide where to tap, uh, which at what depth to tap? Mm-hmm. And in fact, it was a sort of survey style research that happened before uh, that looked at, I believe it was something like 6,000 groundwater wells across rural Bangladesh that were able to kind of distinguish by depth which aquifers are likely to have high arsenic and which aquifers will have low arsenic. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the shallower aquifers, the ones that are closer to the surface, are more likely to have high concentrations above the guidelines. Mm-hmm. And the deeper ones, I think, uh, below about 100 or 150 meters from the ground will more likely have low arsenic concentrations. So okay. so you're right. So you, uh, it becomes a, <laughs> it becomes a, a little bit, there is, and it took a while, plan. right? So it's, you know, my, my arm of the research is, is sort of a little bit novel um, because there's been, I think, over 20 years of research that's been done in Southeast Asia and particularly in Bangladesh because uh, I don't think at any other uh, site on in the world is the arsenic contamination this widespread. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it, it it's heterogeneous and it's widespread throughout the country. So mm-hmm. there, there have been reports before that have been able to sort of somewhat... Uh, section out which uh, regions of the country have generally lower arsenic and which regions have higher right. arsenic. But in general, it's it, it comes to the kind of community mm-hmm. level, so the village level. And even then, you know, it's really hard to predict. Yeah, ideally, mm-hmm. you don't want to have to test the entire country, every uh, single well. That's to right. Out. <laughs> that's if you can right. find a way to predict it. it that's then. right. Yeah. But no, it, it's true um, to be able to find it. And it's mm-hmm. so now that you mentioned that, actually, there is initiative from sort of non-governmental organizations, or at least there's incentive to want to be able to say, uh, how can we help rural communities be able to say, well, you know, you're you're. Uh, your groundwater well is no longer safe to drink mm-hmm. uh, because it's so heterogeneous. And so right now, and, and there's really not the resources to test every single well across the country. You're right. right. Uh, so that's kind of where the direction of this research is going. To, right. So. Sort of find like a marker that if this is true, then, okay, we'll send a team in to test it. Mm-hmm. But if it's not true, then, I mean, we'll put you on the back burner for now in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. That's not... Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what they what they're planning on doing in that right, with that okay. in that respect uh, for the time being. But uh, yeah, and there's also a, so what I'm specifically looking at in uh, in the Slater lab is uh, using these biomarkers to, to try to figure out uh, whether the microbial communities or the microorganisms that are in the aquifers whether they would uh, uh, react differently to uh, disturbances in their environment. Okay. Uh, so those disturbances could be sort of inputs of uh, young carbon sources. So mm-hmm. when we say carbon sources, we that's the sort of food that <laughs> is, that's consumed and, and therefore cycled by the microorganisms. Um, so the reason, the reason that's important is because these shallow aquifers aren't... Uh, aren't so detached from the surface that they interact quite a bit with the surface, whether that's surface water uh, entering into uh, 
into depth or if it's anything that's available at the surface being transported at depth. Okay, so, so, so that's another hypothesis, I guess, of like you don't see as much arsenic at the deeper wells because maybe the, the if there are biological dudes, the little uh, microorganisms down there, they're not getting as, ne- as much food, so they're not as active. I, that's a really interesting uh, question. Uh, yes. So possible? <laughs> it's, it's possible. It's possible that the deep enough aquifers, uh, and um, I can't remember who said this exactly, but it's possible that the deeper aquifers are to some extent protected uh, from whatever is uh, causing the shallower aquifers to be highly contaminated. Uh, so there's, so it, um, I, again, this isn't directly my research, it's just mm-hmm. uh, from what I remember reading, is um, the sh- the deeper aquifers are somewhat protected okay. uh, from carbon sources that, that right. cause the shallow aquifers to have high concentrations of arsenic. Right. Interesting. So you, you said that this is not exactly your area of the reach. So no lab works on its own, it seems like. No. So you, you have some partners. I, we do, yeah. So we collaborate and we have been collaborating uh, with, with a group of uh, universities stateside. So particularly Columbia University and Bernard College and the Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory. And so they, they have been sort of the ones who have been doing research for over 20 years, mm-hmm. and uh, or almost 20 years, I think, from what I remember. And they are the ones who really know a lot about it. And, uh, and actually, I got the opportunity to go to uh, a field expedition with, with that group. So they, because they have sort of a pretty good schedule of uh, how frequently they go to, mm-hmm. to do field expeditions in Bangladesh, um, I got the opportunity to go. So that is so cool. Yeah, it was, it's it's pretty it's pretty exciting um, it, because it's you know as as environmental scientists we like uh, being in in the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as as geoscientists we like uh, being hands on basically. Yeah, you kind of said like you can hypothesize all day, but it gets so complicated when yes. you're in there. You kind of need to actually yeah, that's right. see the area. Yeah, well, because uh, that's where my data comes from. Mm-hmm. So I collect the uh, environmental tracers or the biomarkers from these uh, cores, mm-hmm. uh, sort of drill cores from the subsurface, from these actual aquifers in Bangladesh. Um, so in, in the last set of data that I analyzed, uh, someone else has gone to Bangladesh and actually drilled the core. They freeze them and then they ship them to McMaster for us to analyze okay. in the lab. So what are they yeah. freezing? They, they drill down and take a like a big core core of yeah. like soil? And... Yeah, yeah, soil. Okay. And it's everything that's in the subsurface in there. It's sand, it's clay. Okay. It's anything that is that uh, makes up the aquifer. And a lot of the water comes out of it, I'm, I'm assuming. It comes with it. Oh, it comes with yes, it? Yes, okay. that's right. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so the, the idea... And, and this is another thing that that is a, a useful quality of the biomarkers that I use is they they are to some extent really good at reflecting the in situ or the in aquifer uh, conditions uh, okay. upon the coring. So when you collect it, you want to preserve not only the sediment in that core, mm-hmm. but also the characteristics, the geochemistry, the biogeochemistry, all those microorganisms and their yeah. biomarkers in that core. 
So as soon as it is collected from the ground, it's frozen, and then you, you know, the fastest way possible, <laughs> ship it across the country or across the planet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how do you ship that? <laughs> I have how, no how idea. It's cores? magical. How big are we talking? Uh, so my two, my last two sites, uh, the one is actually not very long. So one, uh, ooh, oh is it goodness, a carry-on? Blocking. Uh, or are you checking this? You we uh, you uh, you check it. You check it. Uh, so it comes in coolers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're quite. Uh, they they section them off. Um, into ah, okay. tubes, so they're not they're not very thick either. So they're just kind of like I'm gonna say two inch, mm-hmm. two inch diameter uh, okay. cores. So yeah, they're they're not giant. Reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> drill cores or anything. Yeah, yeah, it's reasonable. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but but in the last uh, expedition that I was able to join, I actually did get to witness how they do that coring, mm-hmm. uh, and it's really clever. And so. When when I got there, I also got to do a lot of hands-on things like testing actual wells with uh, this really cool kit that's called an Econoquick. Uh, so and it's because it's cheap <laughs> it's and it's yeah, it's, your, it's your good marketing name because uh, it, it gives you uh, uh, quick results uh, with cheap uh, tools, relatively cheap tools, and and so it's still but it's still very technically. Uh, Advanced. Right. Uh, so, th- what that what the Econoquick enables us to do is to get a, a, a range of arsenic concentration uh, that allows you to say, well, this groundwater well has uh, arsenic concentrations that are above or below the standard guideline. Uh, so you can quickly do a quick test. It's Right. Like ten minutes. Oh wow! And then yeah, so you have you know you you take advantage of the groundwater's ar- natural arsenic concentration to you know light up indicators and mm-hmm. then that tells you whether they're within the standards. Okay. Uh, so I got to use that, and that was also how I, I I witnessed myself the heterogeneities, spatial heterogeneity of arsenic distribution because I think I was like in this neighborhood. And there was three wells that we tested, and one of them was like 10, 10 or so ppb. Okay. So, so it's pretty safe. And, and again, then next the, door, the yeah, limit for that again was fifty for the Bangladeshi government. For the World okay. Health Organization, it's actually lower at ten. Ah, okay. Yeah, um, and then next door, I test uh, like their neighbor's well, and it was two hundred or something like that. Wow. Yeah, and so and, and th- that's based on sort of the ranges that the tool gives you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was very surprising when I when I saw it because they're not very far from each other. Yeah, and arsenic so, is a really small yeah. little molecule. It, right, <laughs> yeah. And and it's and again this is where it becomes very difficult to uh, to predict uh, where or where the arsenic goes or where it accumulates, where the high concentration Yeah wow when you're saying heterogeneity or heterogeneity yeah. across uh, Areas I was picturing more like uh, maybe Hamilton has it and then Toronto doesn't have it, but you're talking yeah, like, like neighbor. Yeah, neighbors. your neighbors have yeah, but it's also so. Remember earlier I said it, it's also distinguished by depth. Yeah. So it might it might also be just uh, at the threshold of where it's the your neighbor's well is just shallow enough. Right. Right. Where they hit a well that is, or an aquifer that is high in arsenic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's. Uh, yeah, that's, it's really difficult to constrain in that way. That's got to be tough having all of this, you know, 
testing equipment that you travel with and then yeah. going to various it was peoples. very it was very cool yeah i mean you know, obviously arsenic contamination is yeah. not um you you always have to sometimes you have to deliver bad news right yeah i'm sure um, everybody yeah. in the community probably wanted you to come over yeah no they were they were very helpful yeah. like there was so uh, another really funny thing that happened was uh there would be um so, so the the villagers are very uh enthusiastic about mm -hmm. the science because they know, you know, arsenic is a big problem. And all these scientists have been coming here for the last 20 or so years and trying to figure out what's causing this arsenic release in our in our water. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were power outages when we were there. And so it was pretty intermittent. So it'd be on for about two hours and it'd come off for about five. And so it became really difficult because we, we had to be able to have electricity because we were installing these sort of mechanical pumps to collect mm -hmm. these biomarkers from the groundwater. And so we needed electricity. And so if it keeps turning off, then it's, you know, we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, and so the because the uh, local villagers were really excited about the project, they they would keep notes for us for how long the power was out. So it would oh, they, they so would nice. say, yeah, I know. I, they'd have notebooks like it was in a folder, and they were they would say, you know, it was off from 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. and then it was back on from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. and they kept log of that. And so it was it was really. Uh, Really exciting to know that people were very involved, and and yeah, and, the, yeah, and it's uh, so this would probably uh, point to how pervasive the contamination of arsenic is in the country. Mm -hmm. That as soon as you mention arsenic contamination, like when people ask you, because you, you clearly look like a foreigner in their country, right? <laughs> yeah. So they would go, "What are you here for, right? So what are you doing? Why are you looking at this, you know, seemingly mm -hmm. um, inconspicuous well?" And uh, and then you would say arsenic contamination, and then they would understand. Right. Yeah, they would wow. immediately know. Oh, I see. Yeah, and so that would that would kind of tell you. Wow, it's been mm -hmm. really long. Yeah. It kind of blows my mind because I was trying to do some reading beforehand, and we sort of talked about this before we went on air. But there's not a lot of press about this in North America, as far as I could tell. No, but not at all. Yet everybody. I mean. If it's affecting you directly, obviously you're going to know about it. Yeah, absolutely. There's a. <laughs> it seems like it's yes. going unreported. Here. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, so there's a lot of uh, socioeconomic and geological uh, factors that distinguish Hamilton mm -hmm. and Canada from, mm -hmm. <laughs> from Bangladesh. Uh, so it, it it is it is very different. Uh, there there is uh, arsenic contamination in Canada. I'm not actually familiar with any. Right. Uh, so I, I was cases, thinking on the, so. the the grounds of like you hear about like Ebola and yeah. places in Africa. Yes, you're right. And all of these other mm -hmm. epidemics, but yes. we're not really hearing about about it here. Yeah, it's not as yeah. Well, you know, I, in Southeast Asia, it's it's actually I, I think it's more well known. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not quite sure. I think uh, if in in my field in groundwater contamination in general or heavy metal contamination, mm -hmm. uh, people, researchers would know. Uh, okay. But in the general public, you're right. And I'm not exactly sure why. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, I, I wonder if it's just like in, in, in our sort of small province uh, Could be, area yeah. where Maybe it's not, yeah, because we don't know if, yeah, we don't know if other people in other places know about it. Right. Uh, but as soon as I mentioned, but it, uh, to uh, to others when they ask me what my research is on, as soon as I say arsenic contamination in groundwater, there's an immediate understanding that arsenic is not good. 
so so people know that arsenic is a poison. Yes. Um, but they just don't necessarily know that it's been this long term public health issue in uh, in, in South Asia. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was doing some of my pre-reading, I saw mm-hmm. a paper that came out recently. It said something like, uh, uh, I forget what the title is, something like arsenic is bad for humans, effectively. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> good. Yeah, It causes uh, all sorts of issues, yes. <laughs> as you can yeah. imagine. Yes, it does. Uh, I, you know, um, I think I was lo- when I was looking at this too, so it's so in North America, I think there are some cases in the United States where arsenic uh, crops up in okay. groundwater. And so uh, it, arsenic is actually a naturally occurring uh, element mm-hmm. in, in the environment. Um, so we call it, so in Bangladesh, we call it a geogenic. We call it geogenic arsenic because it was part of the aquifer uh, geology. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, in this case, you know, when we talk about environmental contamination, uh, we often think in the context of oil spills, where yeah. it's it's always anthropogenic. In the case of the arsenic contamination in Bangladesh, you know, it's it's the one case where it's not entirely our fault. Right. You know, so it was. I mean, the, yeah. No, whew, thank goodness. But I mean, also, it's bad. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So so uh, the the story of arsenic contamination in Bangladesh was kind of I think of it as a between a, a rock and a hard place mm-hmm. because before there was widespread arsenic contamination um, people were using surface water ponds lakes rivers but those had pathogens in them okay. so they're plagued with pathogens so they and those pathogens they found were relatively absent in groundwater and mm-hmm. so groundwater was considered safe but it wasn't until later because you require uh, chronic exposure to arsenic before the side effects actually show up so it wasn't right. until later that people were like hey we're getting like funny lesions on our skin uh-huh. um that's, yeah, this is distinctly yeah. different from like yes. arsenic that you would find in like old school rat poison or something. That, that would be highly concentrated arsenic. Yeah. So, you, so you would, uh, yeah. So in yeah, this I heard case, arsenic the car- and I thought, oh yeah, it's poison. It, it kills you. But <laughs> yeah, the, the the rat poison arsenic is is a highly concentrated yeah. version. Uh, this arsenic dissolved in groundwater is a much lower, much more diluted arsenic. But it, mm-hmm. you know, it only requires kind of. Uh, chronic either drinking or or exposure yeah, in some sort of way like lead, if yes that's know, right based paint or something like that that's right that that one would have a more local application to Hamilton right uh, so it like in the context of lead pipes right. um, but arsenic is also a heavy metal contaminant very similar to to lead mm-hmm. uh, so uh, I know that um, Oh yeah, so so yeah, so we were talking about rock and hard place. Yeah. So sorry. it was so the so the one sorry I got I got distracted a little. Uh, that was so, my fault. So, it's okay. Uh, so on, on the one hand, you have the surface water that's pathogen ridden, but mm-hmm. on the other hand, you have arsenic in groundwater. Right. In general, you still want to choose the groundwater because it's not not all groundwater is contaminated with arsenic, as we right. were just talking about that heterogeneity. Um, but yeah, so. You know, it, arsenic right. is still a trade one problem for the, for another a, another problem. <laughs> if you can dig all the way to the <laughs> to the deeper to, to the, the deeper aquifer, stuff, yes, you'll probably find a different problem. But yeah, yeah, at least that's it'll right. be a different one. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the thing. And you know, and, and again with anthropogenic activity, uh, we might have a, a new problem sometime in the future. Oh as, yeah, we move so fast. We, yes, we that's mess right. The 
environment up so quickly. Pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, pretty quickly. And the, the geo uh, stuff is, takes a yeah. long time. Oh yeah, the geology at least takes like tens tens of thousands of years, but we mm-hmm. we're we're here and it's, you know, quick. Um but yeah. So we're coming up to time. So Ooh, I've talked your ear off. <laughs> no, that was awesome. That was very interesting. <laughs> oh, that's good. So um I'd certainly like to thank you for being here. And if we want to learn a little bit more, maybe is there like a website or something that we can go to? Oh like maybe a, a uh, supervisor name that we can oh, Google? Yeah, I should have prefaced, uh, introduced <laughs> myself. I, I'm a master's student and my supervisor is Dr. Greg Slater uh, in the Slater lab, as we call it. And it's, it's the Environmental Organic Geochemistry Lab. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the McMaster website and the School of Geography and Earth Science, I, I think there's probably ah, like okay. a repository sorry i didn't come prepared no, with okay. my we'll together, with my plugs <laughs> we'll put together a list of uh, references for the i am not i'm not that active <laughs> <laughs> okay well thanks again and we're gonna move into get lit thank you <laughs>